Welcome back to the Dog House Rules Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Williams. Alongside me, Quinn Anderson. You know the spiel, but we have two very special guests here. And uh, first of all, our our first guest is Mason, and he has never been on the pod before. So Mason, special welcome to you. How does it feel? Appreciate it. It's just a pleasure to be here. Never been on before. Been a big fan of the podcast for a while now, and just been waiting for the invite. Now that I've got it, I'm excited to see what we got today. I, Great, I'm yeah. personally really excited about Mason being here because uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of been, um, you guys have been like the impossible, uh, or the, or like the impossible to stop force meets the impossible to break wall or whatever you know. Like you guys have been at it for a while with these, uh, with these bits about how Mason's got got no identity. Jamie, this is your opportunity to get to know who Mason really is as a manager. I know I would I'm like excited. To bring that up. Yeah. Yeah, does that bother you Mason at all? Like I really struggled to figure out what to write about you in the power rankings, but I put you at 7. So we'll get into that later, but what's your Jamie, identity? No hard feelings about the identity. That doesn't bother me. The thing that does bother me was the character last year criticisms. True. Flying in True. on the podcast. Well, you know, I think it might be a new regime for you this year because you changed your team name to something else besides um, the massage parlor. No, uh, that's Coaches. Oh, that's Coaches. Who is our, our next guest? Um, I don't actually, I did change my name last year. I don't know what, it wasn't the massage parlor. I don't know what it was from. No, that's I right. don't remember either. That's right. Let me check what your team name is this year. Um, it's it, Flacco it, for president. It's still yeah. very timely and, you know, relevant. Flacco Dude, for president. Do, Joe you, Flacco's eternal. Okay. Can you explain the name first of all? Just to, I want to get more of a flavor of your uh, your personality here. What's okay? So Flacco. It's almost unexplainable except to the OGs, and I think Quinn can relate to that. It's true. Um, yeah, you have to remember Joe Flacco really had like a hold on us because Mason was a really big Ravens fan at the time. Huge um, Ravens fan back in the massive. middle school days. So we're talking, you know, decade ago, right? Um. And it was the year, actually, I, I believe it was the year they won the Super Bowl. Yep. And, you know, Joe Flacco was my dude. And you remember the conversations about. about whether he was a lead or not, right? Like, I mean, all of that stuff was really, like, like really topical at the time. And it was, it was, it was. kind of formative for our, like, if, football, you know, you, like, knowledge. Yeah, if you take yourself back, you know, 13, whatever it was, 12 years, Joe Flacco was the conversation. He was the buzz. Yeah, I think he was elite for the record. Oh, God. No, he wasn't. Come on. I'm going to argue. Yes. I still think Ray Lewis should have won the MVP trophy. You know. Yeah, he was definitely overpaid. But I think that during that season when they won the Super Bowl, I mean, he he played lights out. My man's got a ring on his finger. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Can't argue with that. It was a different time with that. You know what? This is a, a longer discussion, uh, but I appreciate the uh, the lore behind Flacco for president because you were one of the OGs, the original founding members of this league, and therefore you true. get my respect because um, I was a later it. addition. Um, appreciate so, it. Welcome, Mason. You have the green light to speak whenever you'd like. You know, if you have a thought, jump in. Feel free. Uh, it's really free and easy out here on the uh, on the Doghouse Rules podcast. But I want to introduce our next guest. I teased his team name before. He's actually since changed it. To something quite classy, I have to say, in comparison. We have Zach Coaches here on the pod. I believe this is maybe a second time here. Coaches, yeah. welcome back. Good to see you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, I did decide this year. I in the past I've gone with some we'll call it inappropriate names. Um, and I've decided to class it up a little bit this year. Maybe change up the style since I can't make the playoffs. Maybe if I change my name, good things will come. I, I really like your new name, uh, Backstreet Boys. Is that correct? That is correct. Oh, yeah. Banger. Banger. I thought it was a it, it made me chuckle. Thank you. Thank you. That was the goal. Like I said, the inappropriate names were maybe bringing some bad karma to the team. Um, you know, we had to pick off our coach Urban Meyer last year. Um, so, yeah, we're back with a classier team name and hopefully a better team. Yeah, yeah, and you know, despite all allegations, right? I mean, you never had Deshaun Watson on your team. No, can, absolutely uh, not. Can my podcast host uh, say the same? Well, it's interesting uh, to flip that on its head there because um, we're talking about coaches here. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting having the team name uh, name this 
you know, nefarious character um, who, who shall not be mentioned. Uh, and yet they don't have the guts to uh, actually have this player on their roster. So, you know, I appreciate it makes more sense now that the name has changed to Dax Street Boys. Um, so I, I'm just proud of you, uh, coaches, for getting over your fascination with uh, Deshaun Watson and and moving on to a, turning the turning the page on this this franchise. I hope it'll work wonders for you this year. Ooh, Zach, quick Thank question you. for you. Quick question for you. Um, are you excited about the fact that Trey Lance is now backing up your starting quarterback? Are, should oh. should you be picking him up too? Well, no. That means that Dak should be playing through a broken leg because <laughs> I think I'd still take a left-handed Brock Purdy over over Mr. Trey Lance. Well, uh, fortunately for you, um, you're uh, I, I'm just going to tell you, there's reports that Dak is pissed about the whole thing. I mean, do you think that he's right to be? I mean, I don't think Trey Lance is, is much right now. He's kind of dust. Yeah, I mean, I, he definitely doesn't have anything to worry about if that's what he's worried. If he's worried for a starting job, that is dead wrong. He should be he should be stoked. I'd be stoked to have the worst quarterback in the league as my backup. Hmm. I don't know if he's that bad, but you you I mean... He really hasn't played like it's hard to judge him and it's hard for a guy that like have confidence in a situation like that. Um, sure. I mean, you could just say he just doesn't have that dog in him and maybe that's true. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think that it might not be too late for him. You know, we'll we'll coaches, I'd like to, um, I'd like to ask you, give you the floor uh, because we are going to go over the power rankings in a moment here. And unfortunately the last episode we recorded, that'll be out soon look out for it is um we we covered the very bottom the bottom of the barrel of the power rankings and unfortunately coaches you were on there uh, you were number 12 out of 16 so i wanted to give you the chance right now live um how do you feel about being right above nolan who didn't even have the courtesy of you know drafting showing up to the draft and then you're right behind connor who was mouthing off all draft um annoying everybody so how does it feel to be kind of right smack in the middle of those two all-stars yeah, I think it's a little out of my a little out of my comfort zone. I don't think bottom of the barrel is really the right term for it. I think I'm more middle of the pack. Don't get me wrong, I'm not I haven't been a league champion in past years, but I think I deserve maybe nine, ten, nine or ten. I did finish tenth last year. I do think my team is better than last year. So I think we're looking a little bit low. I wouldn't call myself bottom of the barrel. But I think middle of the pack should be just right. Yeah, you know, reach for the stars. I I hear you, and you know, you could easily leapfrog the likes of Connor. I think, and 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 I, maybe some of the higher ups. I don't know. I I think that the bottom of the league, you know, the this hypothetical bottom of the league is very very close. I I think that pretty much anybody sixteen through like nine at least is interchangeable in my mind right now because I think it all depends on you know how teams did in the margins during the drafts like. If the long shot players that you got, if those guys pay off, then that that makes a big difference. And it's hard to say without having games been played yet. That's true. I honestly think that Zach could be a dark horse just off his roster alone because he has like, you know, you never know what Montgomery's going to do on a new team. He has a really high, like high range of outcomes. You know, it's very boom bust. I think it's going to be all dependent on the on the running backs. I mean, that... I have. Yeah, Dak Prescott, though, you know, he didn't do great for me last year, but, I mean, he was a great quarterback for me for quite a few years that I had him on my team. And you have Damian Pierce, so. Damian Pierce is very good. I would be very excited about that. You keeping him over Kittle was the right choice, in my opinion. Um, And, yeah, I'm excited for him. If he, all I'm saying is if he catches passes, he might be looking pretty scary. Yeah, and I mean, you're looking at not only Dak, but let's say Dak doesn't perform. I do have Tua, who if he just keeps his head, if he keeps his head in the game and not in the hospital, he oh, will he could succeed with the weapons <laughs> that he has. Oh man, that's tough. Tough look for Tua, but unfortunately, it is the concern. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the the play recently. He, uh, I saw him diving, and I was I was really scared for him, but uh. He he like dove for like this like loose ball during a preseason game and he dove already missed, but then he elbow bumped to his teammate the uh, fumbled ball so that they didn't lose possession. It, it was fascinating, um, but it also doesn't encourage me to think that he's going to play any less physical this year. So I'm I'm very concerned about Tua personally. 
Um, I don't, I don't think he's worried about his health enough. Don't worry. He's learned how to fall. So it's all good. He's been doing jujitsu. <laughs> so I'm just shocked. He's not in the starting lineup right now over Dak, to be honest with you coaches, but a little free fantasy advice for you from an idiot who doesn't know anything. Apparently. Well, let you know, I have not done my lineup yet. So I would, I would tell you that we're waiting until night before. Then we'll make those decisions. Hey buddy, you're not an idiot. Hey, oh, I know. <laughs> that's awesome, Jamie. Either I, one of us. Everyone knows you're not an idiot. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, coaches. It's not. That's not up for debate. No, no one's accusing you of you know being a hack yeah, who doesn't I'm, know anything I'm about up. ranking. All right. I'm gonna throw first. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're above reproach here. Thank you for joining us, coaches. And again, like Mason, feel free to jump in whenever with any thoughts, takes, comments. You're our guest here, so we want you to feel welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So let's dive into the power rankings here. And don't worry, I will walk you through the rankings here because there's 16 teams now. I don't know if you've noticed, but that's a lot of teams. So it's more competitive than ever. I agree with Quinn. I think that the, there's more like a tier system here. We discussed this last pod. Um, it's it's like there's, I think, maybe three or four tiers and they're kind of like interchangeable, these these teams, because all it would take is like an inner injury to a running back and that could really derail someone's uh, fantasy season, I think. Uh, which is unfortunate, but that's how it is when we have 16 teams in the league. So um, the next team that I have uh, above Connor is Troy's team. And now me and Troy have a bit of a history. Um, so I think it was maybe my second year in the league. I made it to the finals, something like that. Um, and then I, in an absolute boneheaded move, I decided to start, I believe it was Mike Boone, um, instead of stud running back Aaron Jones in it and I don't know what I was thinking I think I thought that I was scared of the defense or something um, but I, that lost me uh, a championship so in my mind Troy's uh, ring is illegitimate and he's won more than once so um, but the one against me I think was illegitimate so I, I put him I buried him down here at 10 um, and to be honest Troy hadn't really been making much noise so I, I feel like I'm not really scared of his team at all and uh, since then, he started doing some trading uh, and actually making me a little nervous. So I don't know if you guys had any takes about Troy's team, but is 10 too low? Because I'm thinking it might be, to be honest with you guys. And I'm going to probably do another edition of these rankings uh, closer to the start of the season. I think uh, I think his bench scares me. I mean, his two uh, two running backs being Dev- is it Davon Achane? Ach- I don't know how to say that. Von Achane. That guy. And Joshua Kelly. If one of the, if you know Aaron Jones or Kenneth Walker, which Seahawks running backs get hurt all the time, you know if one of those guys go out or even both go out, he doesn't have much backup there. That scares me. That's true. That's exactly uh, what I'm thinking too. When I look at these, I mean, he traded for Aaron Jones, I believe, and that was a steal in my opinion. Um, Walker might lose his job to Charbonnet as a Seahawks fan. You know, true Seahawks fan, I know these things. Um, but I like his team overall, but the running back depth is non-existent. But that's true for most of us, to be honest. So I was, I was going to say, that's across the board. Yeah. Unless yeah. your name's Evan, because Evan actually does have quite a few backs. Also, um, Caleb has a bunch of running backs. And we can get to that maybe if we get all the way up to the uh, the cream of the crop, the power rankings. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's just very shallow, his team. But I think he has a lot of stars. So that's why he's kind of in the middle. And it could go up or down depending on health. So Troy, uh, if you're listening, because I've I've received some um, threatening messages in the in my private DMs. Um, <laughs> listen, you've been making some really good moves, uh, and I am I'm I'm I've been I my eyebrows raised, my eyebrows raised, and I am keeping an eye on you because uh, you were a dormant presence in the league for a while there after your you know attempted three peat. So hey, Jamie, I'm I'm happy that you uh, managed to uh, keep track of the three time. <laughs> Let's remember he, not three in a row, but he is a three-time champ in this league. Okay, I love the I love the calling him out for an illegitimate ring. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, it's illegitimate. Jamie, because Jamie made a bad coaching call. It was not Jamie choked. It was historically bad. So Jamie, you lost a ring, is what happened. I yeah, I basically dropped it down the drain. That's what happened. And then Coaches was in the sewer. Or not Coaches. I'm so sorry. Troy was in the sewer. Wow. Uh, <laughs> in his lair. And it just washed up on the shore. <laughs> that oh. But he's like Gollum down yeah, there. Catching just catching a stray. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> uh, 
No, he Troy, you know, he he gets in my head. I'm I'm just gonna say it. And um, you know, I, I'm trying to kind of brush off that horrible memory. And I have been for the last couple of years. And I've tried therapy, uh, but it, you know, it still haunts me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not well, gonna it's lie. called doghouse rules. True. True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's see what he does this uh season. He's at 10 because of my fear of him a little bit of fear uh healthy fear but he's i'm, still- I'm glad that you can acknowledge that jamie that's a, that's really progress that's really like showing progress at least yeah yeah well I, I mean i'd feel better if he wasn't sending me messages you know um like i thought he was just kind of given up and he, he he'd resigned himself to being a has-been but i think he's actually going to try this year so i'm a little concerned he said I'm so excited i think everybody's trying week this year. 13 that's what he said meet you week 13 so um Met- mental warfare i mean it's a competitive league these days. People are trying anything. Yep, it works. I mean, I'm a notorious head case, so um, I I'm I'm probably gonna make some boneheaded moves this season. Uh, hey, speaking of mental warfare, really quick, Mace, I gotta ask you. I mean, I know that Caleb was offering you trades for Chico Conquo. Why did you just drop him? Uh, the te- you're talking about the Tennessee tight end. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe he offered me any trades for. The Tennessee tight I don't even want to try and say his name. Chig. Yeah, he was trying to trade me for Najoku. Interesting. Interesting. And I, you know, it was just a lot of iffy players. And this year, now that we can play a tight end in our flex spot, I'd rather hold on and just see how Najoku pans out because he might make it into that flex spot if he does good. It's true. Yeah, I mean, he does, he does have a realm of possibilities where, I mean, with the with the athlete that he is, um, if he and Deshaun Watson um, have a connection, I could see it. It's not unlikely. I mean, the truth is, is we don't really know who Deshaun Watson's going to go to on a regular basis. People are kind of slating Amari Cooper is the leader of that uh, receiving core. But like after that, it's question marks. Elijah Moore, maybe. And teams are going to sell out to defend Amari Cooper, and it's going to leave a tight end open. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I Deshaun Watson, if he returns to form, who knows? Who knows? All right, a couple thoughts on that. I would never, ever flex a tight end unless you're Nolan and you have two of the top three, first of all. Um, I'm not flexing. Don't get me wrong. I'm right, just cool. saying in the name of the trade that he was offering. I hear you. Yeah, it's interesting the the moves Caleb is making. Um, because we mentioned this last pod, he can be had. He's not immune to bad traits. Uh, he calls himself the what the backroom dealer, back alley bargainer, whatever. He can be he can be swindled too, in my opinion. And we'll, we might get into that a little more later. But um, yeah, I um, uh, I'm I'm excited for. I'm not excited. I'm I'm nervous about Troy's uh rise once again. Uh, so that's why he's at ten. And so now, by the way, Chiga Conquo, I think is going to be really good. I think he's going to be really good. He's like a free tight end. So I'm shocked if he if he makes it back out on the waiver wire, I'll be looking at him, to be honest. Well, he won't be because uh, he's already on Caleb's team. Oh, great. Oh, that's right. OK, so Caleb picked him up. That makes sense. Yeah, I think Caleb that was wanted him the whole time. He said he was willing to offer Mason something for him. But unfortunately, uh, he, he he's selling out. Him. He's mm. trying to he's trying to up the tight end's value. Mm, yeah, you can't trust that guy. I think the joke will be good. I told him I dropped that guy, and he still wanted Najoku. Interesting. Yeah, this guy's desperate. So, that is a bit of a playing, weird, joke. and it goes back to the mental warfare. It's you know people are playing it <laughs> this year. Yeah, it might work on some of us, but uh, I don't know. We'll okay, but respect. Um, what if we what if we kick it to Foster's team? Let's do that. So I have had a propensity for ranking Foster pretty high, generally speaking. Um, Foster is my old buddy from uh, Villa Maria Hall at University of Portland. So, you know, me, Quinn, and Foster have had many happy memories together. So Foster's always had a soft spot in my heart. Um, and I think, I think his team... What about Charlie? What about Jart, man? Charlie, he's buried, man. Charlie's buried. he's at 15 wow. he's gonna by the way he's gonna sink even lower i think charlie charlie who jamie and i lived with man yeah oh. you know foster was more memorable i guess no i'm kidding love you charlie um but i don't know where your head is at this season but we're not talking about you we, we we're talking about foster here and um foster's team seems pretty good but he said himself and i don't know if this is confidential information but he's implied to me and my sources say this 
um, that he's actually playing the long game and he's he's trying to collect uh, keepers for the long haul. So he's not as interested in winning this season. So I think that's an interesting mindset. Got myself thinking, like, how many teams in the league are are having that mindset of like, I'm not going to win this season, so I'm going to try to get the best keepers for next time and really try next year. Oh, I, I, I mean, it's happening. obvious. I mean, Is it obvious looking yeah. at this team? Yeah, the, the no, the the main offender of that strategy is Jarrett. Mm. Dude, dude, my man Jart, he came in with Patrick Mahomes and Alvin Kamara as his keepers, right? And he goes and collects Austin Eckler, uh, Christian Watson, and George Kittle, all of which could be super viable keepers. And the rest of his team leaves a lot to be desired. But that is not a bad core headed into it. An- another two drafts. Because that's gonna that's gonna persist for a little bit. Mm, okay, I think it's a great strategy. It's really not bad if you're trying to give yourself, you know, just like a better platform to go off of. Like you might not be winning this season, but you will have a like a real leg forward uh, headed into the future of this league, which is not going to stop anytime soon. It's really not that bad of an idea. So with people doing this new strategy, do we have a set limit for next year on who we're keeping? Yes, it's, it's four that... people. Okay, so everybody, all right. Okay, I actually forgot that. So that strategy makes more sense now that I remember there's four keepers. Um, But I just, I feel like my brain is not wired that way. Like, I'm like, I need to win every single week. And if I don't, I'm just going to be depressed for an entire, like, week. Like, I I, I'm, I do not enjoy losing. It's, uh, and, uh, it's I take definitely it hard to, so. sorry to cut you off. But uh, it's definitely hard to take a season off, I feel like. It's not, I, not, I wouldn't even call it taking a season off, though, because it's not like they won't win games. They they have four great players on their roster right now. Like, it's not like any of those players can't explode. I mean, Patrick Mahomes at any given time can drop 30. Eckler can drop 30 plus. Watson can spark for 30 plus as well. I mean, Alvin Kamara, I mean, we all know what he can do. It, it's not unlikely that he can't perform this year using him as, you know, the case study for this idea. And he got Dotson in London in a trade, and I think that I remember thinking that trade was a little uneven for Foster. Oh no, this but... is for Foster. I was talking about Jarrett's team. Oh, I hear you. We're gonna get to Jarrett. Jarrett's ranked pretty high. He's ranked actually sixth. So that's I'm saying that he's gonna make some noise in the playoffs this year. But I guess you guys disagree about that. But well, Foster, we'll talk. Got we'll talk. Dotson in London, and I think those are two young receivers. I don't love them necessarily. Dotson, I kind of like a little more, but I get what he's doing if he's building for the long haul. Um, so. Cool, Foster. I think you'll be fine. You're just kind of in the middle, like hard to rank. Um, but you get that bump because you know I love you. So then, moving on, we have Evan. This is the big surprise for me when I was ranking. Uh, it hurt me a little bit to rank Evan this low, uh, number eight. Oh, and one last note about Foster. He's playing Troy week one. Um, so I'm hoping that he'll uh destroy him because uh, <laughs> that guy needs to be taken down a notch. Um, and stop Humbled. Uh, private DMs. Uh, so. Evan, Evan is eight and Evan is usually like a a staple of the top five, but I didn't like his team when I looked at it and I'm going to pull it up right now. Um, he's got some stars, but I just question the rest of his team. I think there's like a lack of depth here. Um, maybe some of the moves he made were kind of questionable. Um, but you know, I trust his, his football mind. I just don't know sky Moore and the flex, like really Dallas Goddard, you know, I love Dallas, but I just don't think he's all that. And then his his he's got Jonathan Taylor. He made that trade for JT. It's really questionable where he's going to end up. I don't think he's going to play a down for the Colts this season. They he pretty much burned that bridge. Mike Evans boom bust. His running back situation's a bit of a mess. I don't know. Are you guys seeing what I'm seeing with Evans' team? It's like there's no. some cracks showing. No, I I love Evans' team. I really? think Evans' team is fantastic. I think that Evans' team, he has an all he is the arguably the best fantasy quarterback in the league, Jalen Hurts. He has Khalil Herbert, who, you know, he's looking like he's gonna lead that backfield. Um, he's gonna get a majority of the touches there, which is not a bad thing to have. Brian Robinson is gonna eke out a touchdown every couple games. Mike Evans, say what you will, but he did get a thousand yards last year. He continues to. It was a little fluky, but he produces. And the thing is that you're forgetting about is I think Jonathan Taylor and Jackson Smith and Jigba are going to both come in big for him towards the end of the year. Sky Moore won't be in this lineup. Brian Robinson or Khalil Herbert might not be in this lineup. Like this team, this team's got some pop. I don't know. 
Not to mention a deep bench of running back depth that they can trade to anybody at any given time and then kind of even cash up further on their team. But I don't like those running backs. Uh, Some people do. And some people will need something. Him having Kareem Hunt, who's not even on a team. Yeah, but he's likely to be signed. Um, I would imagine the Colts are going to sign him or Fournette if uh, if Jonathan Taylor is moved. I just, I don't know. I, I, I think Kareem's not on a team for a reason. Uh, I think it's a desperation move to have him on the roster right now, frankly. Jackson Smith. I, I just, we're not playing games. It's not like he's missing out on anything. Well, I think there's waiver wire options I'd rather have personally, but I'm, well, a, I'm a fiend for the waiver wire. So I, Zeke Elliott probably has some value, I guess, but I don't know. The Sky Moore flex spot, Mike Evans, who's boom bust, Brian Robinson's a bit boom bust. There's just like Khalil Herbert's a bit of a question mark. He's not necessarily going to lead the backfield um, in terms of running back carries. So I don't know. I, he's eight, so it's not like I hate him. I projected him to kind of be the best of the little man playoffs, I think, um, something like that. But I just don't see him having like a Super Bowl window this season, which is weird. But I guess I see him differently. No I think respect. he set himself up where if things went a certain way, and I mean, it's somewhat of a long shot, but it's really not too far out. I mean, Kay Herbert, I feel like is going to have the same type of year Montgomery had last year. I mean, the Bears kind of... It's more of how their offense works than the actual running back in the backfield. Um, The interesting one is his... the Brian Robinson. I don't know much about him, but... You know, he's like a steady 12 points. I'm I'm praying on his downfall this year, Um, hopefully, um, with me having... Antonio Gibson sitting right behind him. Yeah, I sent you a trade for that guy. I like Antonio Gibson. I do too. I think Brian Robinson's good. Don't get me wrong. But if he goes down or, you know, without J.D. McKissick in Washington, they really only have two running backs right now. I mean, there's a couple other narratives here. He fired Drake. Drake was just desperate for a job as his team's sports psychiatrist, and instead Quinn poached him and signed him to a long-term contract. What was up with that? Evan just let him on and then didn't even have the decency to sign him. And no, he gave a... me a gift. I mean, that guy's going to do... But, I mean, honestly, this is what my this is what my roster's needed all these years. And then Evan, did he even have the focus to like build a quality team for himself when he was literally drafting for Nolan? That was There's a bunch of question marks with this guy. I, I okay. think that that's a manufactured take. I mean, come on, man. Like, this dude's locked in. If you, oh. uh, if you don't know that, then you should you should watch your back, man. He'll get you when you're not ready. Look, he's eight. So honestly, he's not that low, but I'm just, he's lower than I thought. You're sleeping. You're sleeping. Maybe I am. Evan proved me wrong. The team above Evan, we're going to get to real quick here. Mason's team. All right. So I really want your take on this, Mason. You're seven. And I moved you up. You were at 12. So I I disrespected you. I I messaged Quinn. I said, you know what? Sorry, I got to do another draft of the power rankings. Don't don't publish that last one because I need to move Mason up to seven. I literally said that. You can ask him. So that's I feel like that's that's. I a, don't a feel testament. disrespected either way, Jamie. Well, good. Yeah, I, I. It's truly a hard team for someone to gauge honestly because you, if you think optimistic, you could put me at seven. If you don't. I mean, there's just certain guys that they're going to make or bust my team and there's not going to be a real, um, you know, middle of the road for them. It's Lamar Jackson is either going to make or break the team and same with Najee Harris. So I don't feel disrespected either way. Well, that's a very healthy attitude. I know some people are a little more touchy when it comes to the rankings. Um, but, you know, I like your team. Clearly, because you're at seven. And that's like, now we're getting into real contender status, like hovering around that, you know, obviously not in the elite tier, but like, you know, middle of the pack um, to high end team. Lamar, Najee are going to be the cornerstones of your offense here. Metcalf as well. And Michael Thomas is an interesting case. He was actually good until he got hurt last season. So I think he's going to actually be better than people think. I know Olave is there. Um, Swift is a big question mark for me. Olave is there. Okay, Quinn, we'll get to you. I know you love Alave. 
Uh, Swift is a bit of a question mark here, but you have depth here in Joku on the bench. Schultz, I think you got the tight end situation figured out. But Miles Sanders, Joku. Sanders, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Moss might be the starting running back for Indianapolis. Pittman is a bit of a. We'll see how Richardson's arm is and stuff, but I mean, as a flex, that's fine. So I don't see any gaping holes in this roster, really. Like, hey, it's a very hey, I, I noticed that you notably omitted um, Jason Myers, notably picked in the you know pre-draft you know episode that we did with Chesley and Ian. I mean, there's there, all I'm saying is, is Mason and Ian know something we don't know with this guy uh, <laughs> about who Jason Myers, you kicker. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I didn't even know I had him on my team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah. No, uh, no, no feeling of disrespect towards where I was ranked. Only the personality comments in the last year's character comments were the only disrespect thrown my way in my oh. eyes. Well, you know what? I'm glad you're here because uh, that narrative might disappear. Now that I, I've got a little personality, I've got maybe because the, the hard part of writing the power rankings, I told this to Quinn, is you need some sort of juice, some sort of pop for all these teams, right? So I need something to sink my teeth into. And uh, I think I'm getting a sense of where I'm going to go next time with your with your little paragraph in, in the article. Um, so you've given me some good, uh, you've thrown me a bone or two here. Um, and yeah, I like your team. So and I think that you've got a cupcake matchup against Charlie, who I've already buried once today. So he doesn't need another one. <laughs> Um, that's going to be easy, an easy win for you. So I think you'll start off one and oh, and that's pretty sweet. I hope so. Yeah. Um, is there anything that makes you nervous about your, your roster or do you want to, you can decline to answer too, if you want to, you know, be, have some gamesmanship here. Uh, major, uh, major complicate. Well, not complication, but worry is with Swift because he's just kind of untested. He didn't really play a lot in Detroit. And the Eagles signed Rashad Penny, and there's somebody else that they have that are really solid backs. And Kenneth so, Gainwell. Yep. Well, actually, I think there's even somebody else. Boston Scott. No. Trey Sermon. <laughs> oh, maybe. I think Trey Sermon's on the practice squad, though. Maybe <laughs> I was seeing something else. But Rashad Penny is worrisome because he... He honestly, I had him last year when he was on the Seahawks, and he was putting in some really good games for me until he got injured. So I wouldn't worry about Rashad Penny. And I think that I would just be concerned at making sure Swift stays healthy because that's kind of the big issue with him is he gets a little dinged up and then he doesn't want to play anymore. That's kind of why the Lions got rid of him is kind of what they're saying. Um, So I, I think that he's really talented. He showed it when he played in the preseason. Um, it'll talented, be interesting to but, see what it looks like. Yeah, agreed. Talented but untested. So we're gonna have to see what happens when he gets thrown in the fire. True. True. Yeah. You know, like I said, I'd start in Joku over Schultz to start. I think the team's gonna be better, obviously, based on my roster. Um uh and I think you know the rest of it looks really good to me. Um Swift, the question is, is he gonna get thrown any passes by Jalen Hurts? And generally the running quarterback doesn't throw a whole lot of passes. Uh, so that makes me a little nervous. But otherwise, your team is pretty solid, and your depth is actually pretty good too. So, yeah, I'm not too worried about you. Seven, I think, is exactly where you deserve to be right now. And um, we're going to take a quick commercial break here. But after that, stick around, and we'll talk about some of the top-tier teams in the power rankings. Welcome back to the Doghouse Rules podcast. We are here and breaking news during the break. I, uh, my sources found out some interesting information that Quinn Anderson, my co-host and Mason Nickerson were once a star quarterback and tight end duo. Uh, and they had a particularly exciting matchup. Um, their one win of the season, I believe. Um, so Quinn and Mason, would you care to, uh, I, first of all, what was your chemistry like on the field? And second of all, how how wonderful was it that feeling of winning your only uh your only victory in that uh, that season? Mason, kick it to you. As far as a quarterback tight end relationship, similar to a Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kelsey Kelsey type relationship, um, <laughs> you know Drew Brees, Jimmy Graham in their heyday, just unstoppable, phenomenal, really. unstoppable, just a force to be reckoned with. 
and don't forget Evan Hennessy as well in this conversation and Drake True. Davis. True. Um, True. And Ian Ian as well, Ian Ward. Yeah. We all uh, um, we all went to we all went to battle together, really. Yes. But as far as the quarterback tight end relationship, yeah, unstoppable, like Quinn said. And um Quinn, would you care to elaborate on the game? Dude, I'm not sure if dude. you're talking about seventh or eighth. Oh, grade. seventh, man. Come on. Both blend into my mind. So I'm I'm interested to hear the story as well. Oh, okay. So this is the one that ended up like 45, like 35, like something like that. Um, it was just it was just scoring nonstop. Nobody could stop either team. Um, I uh I got my first score off a uh, I was coming off like like almost like a uh, like an out route and Mason had scrambled out to his right because uh who knows pressure had come from somewhere probably Parker and uh Mason's rolling out hits me I run up the sideline and I uh I, I scored my first touchdown Congrats. uh and then later in the game Mason throws an absolute dime over the top on a tight end streak for uh for the game winner, which was only guaranteed based on Nolan Plank's clutch interception at the end of the game to, uh, to get our only win against the other winless team. Wow. You had I to mean, be that's, there. That's thrilling. 45-35. I love yeah, that. Something that like that. Really it was crazy. Yeah. You getting your first touchdown. I mean, I mean, that connection sounds like it was just Dude. locked in. Electric. It was electric. Dang. I wish there was tape and I could have seen that. Um, because we have pictures, there oh, are man. photos. They do exist. Oh man, okay. Because this just deepens the lore of Mason Nickerson for me. And you know, I thought I knew my former roommate Quinn Anderson, but this really casts him in a whole new light. And uh, I'm, I, I mean, you guys must have been really unstoppable. I, I wonder what happened uh, that season. How you only won one game? Like it sounds like. The, the, I mean, this chemistry must have been. It just didn't translate to wins. But uh, hey, in the locker room, it must have been a uh, good vibes. We were dynamite. Good That's vibes amazing. only. Yep. Heck yeah. Okay. And that explains why you guys know so much about football. Um, so let's get back into it. Power rankings number six. So now we're getting into kind of like the real no, I'm not I'm not gonna say title contenders, but these are the people who I think are kind of in the middle to high end um of the power rankings. So we have Jart. And this is a bit of a surprise because uh, I didn't know anything about Jart, uh, even though allegedly he went to UP. Um, we need to get him as a guest on the pod so I can reconnect with him. Uh but he, I, I know he wandered into our room every now and then and would hang out. I'm, I'm he also sure... lived there while you were gone. And he, okay, so he lived there while I wasn't uh, around. Um, so he's kind of, I guess we just missed each other a lot of times. And so it's kind of like a misconnection. But uh, I've been really impressed with the moves he's made. Uh, and I think the team he's built, yeah, he, he really overpaid for stars. But hey, if that's his long term um, plan to invest in a couple big stars, uh, that's a hey that's that's a strategy you know and um i think that he made some real noise in the draft and really set the tone in my opinion uh and i like his team a lot i think he's got some real potential uh this season so that's why he's at number six right above you mason does that seem fair to you guys we're talking about jart right i miss yeah we're talking about jart's team Ooh, now that i'm looking at it yeah i mean i could see i could see how you did that um Phenomenal quarterback. I don't like Cordero Patterson. Uh, he's getting old. I just feel like he's going to kind of fiddle out this year. Um, especially with, is it Bijorn Robinson now coming through? <laughs> Bijan? Or whatever. Yeah, B- yeah Bijan Robinson. Mustard running the ball. Uh, yeah. You know, I just feel like he's going to get handed the torch from Cordero. So not big on that pick but obviously as austin eckler is going to be a performer and his receivers uh it's just gonna you you'd probably have to just go with your gut if you're ranking as receivers so yeah i don't disagree okay i mean imagine Kamara's in there instead of patterson because he's back after oh. three games that's what that's why he's ranked so high if Kamara was out for longer it would be a different story but because i think he's getting an elite running back Instead of Cordero Patterson, I just think the core is so strong. He's going to have to figure out Juju and Devontae because that's not going to work. But otherwise, I like his team. Okay, I'm and I miss that. So yeah, yeah, I agree. 
Right. I would also like uh, input based on the fact that I am playing Jart Week 1. And uh, we know NFL fantasy predictions aren't always correct, but we, it has us at a point zero two point difference. Wow. A nail-biter. Well, you know, Dog the power bite. rankings has a slightly more um, large gap between you two. Um, I believe the uh, the writing is that um, he's he's going a smackdown in the massage parlor will be a nice early layup for this man. So you've since changed your name, coaches. Um, but it's a smackdown. That's that's the way it's been described in the media. Uh, so that means that you're, you're the one getting smacked down. So I think with if we're looking overall the season, you're right because you know Kamara's in there, but the truth is Kamara isn't. And I have Jamal Williams on that other side who's going to take over the points. So I think week one could be a little bit of a shock if that's what you're expecting. That's a good point. I mean, Kamara's not in there. Like right now is the time to play this team because I think after week four, he's um week four and on, he's going to be a, an elite force in my opinion. But you're right. Right now you have a chance. So it might not be a SmackDown. We'll see. And um, I know Kittle was a figure of you know controversy in our league. Um, some people were saying he's brittle. Some people were saying he's boom bust, but I think I'm, I've been trying to trade for him for a while now. And Jarts made no signs of movement um, and, and hasn't even acknowledged my trades, which I'm used to because a lot of people say I, I make terrible trades. But um, I think I, I'd like to see more uh, movement from Jart post-draft after a promising start. So one tier above is Quinn Anderson's team. And... I'm going to pull it up right now, but I remember liking what I'm seeing. And this is kind of similar to where I ranked him last season, this time last season. Um, one below me, uh, which is, you know, the sweet spot for Quinn. Um, and I think, you know, there's this narrative about how he likes to tinker with the league settings. But, you know, I actually like the way the league is set up this year. Um, the, the narrative about how he likes the power of being commissioner. But, you know, the other side of it, if you ask him, he says, no, it's actually a lot of stress. And uh, I'd like a little more appreciation. So, you know, I pre- I see the work he's doing. And it seems like he's really setting up like a fair and equitable league this 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 year. Um, and he really loves his guys like Olave. I'll let him speak on his team in a minute here. Um, and I like his team a lot, except for Akers worries me. Cousins versus Rodgers. That will be an interesting quarterback room. Very tense. And he's he's facing off against someone who knows him intimately. Connor, his cousin in the Cousins Bowl. Um, so I don't know. And he's not playing a defense right now. So it's an interesting, uh, roster for sure. And it's, it's a contending roster, but against Connor, all bets are off. Okay. I will say, I will say, I only have a de- I don't have a defense right now. Cause I don't care. I don't care who I'm going to put in there. It's totally random for the most part. Anyway, I'll find a decent matchup and I'm going to sit on it. It'll be fine. Um, I am in the meantime, going to hold on to, you know, guys who, you know, aren't on teams because they might get signed before the season starts. And then all of a sudden I can make a different decision. Um, I think that you're right. I do have a couple X factors on this roster. I think acres, I think Godwin, I think those are going to be kind of pivot points. I think Dalton Kincaid, although he's a rookie, I think he's going to be pretty consistent. Um, I'm thinking probably a solid 10 point floor, maybe a couple games where he scores a touchdown gets like 17 kind of like a rookie or Chris Olave type, you know, scoring right kind of in the early days. Um, and I think that Chris Olave is going to the moon, but as for the Kirk cousins, Aaron Rodgers situation, Kirk is the starter until proven otherwise. Wow. That's bold in my opinion, because Rodgers would not like that if this were real life in a real life locker room. Um, it's disrespectful to a, you know, former MVP, former Super Bowl winner. So I think it's interesting to see what happens as the weeks unfold. Fortunately, um, he has no idea, nor does he care that I'm benching him. I We're just going to find out if he has that dog in him. Yeah, that's fair. And Godwin is going to be like a value add if Baker is competent, right? They're going to throw a lot. And Akers, similarly, like they need to be somewhat decent for him to be relevant. And he was terrible at the start of last season. So you're kind of banking on a small sample size, but otherwise no, I'm, I'm banking on he's far enough removed from his injury. Now that he's kind of back to what he was his rookie year. He's got the juice back, you know, that's truly what I'm leaning on. It's the same idea uh, that I preached about Saquon the year that he came back last year, right? The year after the injury. Um, I, I preach this all the time and that's true for Godwin and acres, which is why I feel comfortable investing in their bounce back. All right. That's fair. Uh, and Kincaid's a bit of a dice roll, but hey, you got him. Is for he free. though? Is he though? Jamie, do you understand that he didn't 
when he was in, he ran a route a hundred percent of the time. He didn't block at all. The dude's going to be the slot receiver for Josh Allen. I mean, if if that's the case, then it's a it's a great pick. But that's I, we just I, need to see I'm it. I'm telling you, I believe it. I mean, I was, was a, go ahead. I was just going to say I want to put in a little bit of two cents on Quinn's team here. Um, I think his two two of his biggest assets are actually sitting on the bench long term. Kenneth Gainwell, I think produces big this year and i think my dark horse that i love for quinn's team quentin johnston when mike williams and keen allen get hurt that guy's gonna put up big numbers i i sure hope so i that was my bet i was like dude i just want whoever justin herbert's throwing it to i need a piece of that and why not get the young guy who might have more durability than these two more brittle starters keenan allen and mike williams so i think you're gonna eat uh i just they miss a lot of time, both of them. Yeah. I want your two cents on Almond Raw, St. <laughs> Brown. It, it, I feel like if you talk about Quinn's team, we have to bring him up. Uh, my two cents? Yeah. I, it seems to me like your chips are all in on Almond Raw, St. Brown. You're not wrong. I've um, I, I've really invested in him. I'm, I'm investing in the idea that you know, he and Goff have a special connection, one kind of similar to how Cooper Cup was when he was on his way up. I think Amon Ra is a special route runner. I think that he earns targets. I, I love players that earn targets. It gives them more opportunity, um, increases the odds they can score. It's 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 great, especially in a PPR league. Amon Ra is like the up and coming, like young, like king of that. He's on his way up. He's ascending. Um, and I think he can go limitlessly as far as fantasy football goes i mean i i'm not gonna say he's gonna be the best receiver in the league but i mean i think he's gonna be really effective um as long as he stays healthy he he has kind of had some nagging injury stuff which i'm a little concerned about but that's about the only thing i'm worried about i mean basically quinn's found a replacement for Kadarius tony in his heart so i'm i'm on rob the sun god is a very exciting player and the lions are a very exciting hype bunny kind of team so I think that was a great. That was one of your keepers, and I think it was a great pick. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, uh, I I worry about your running back depth. That's my big concern with you. But Agreed. that's true for all teams. That's that's literally my one critique of your team. I love the idea of waiting on quarterback because look, you got Aaron Rodgers for free, so that's why I, I try not to overpay for that. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm hoping that he proves that he's MVP Rodgers, and all of a sudden I have no need for Kirk. Wow, that's sad for Kirk, but because I, you know, he's a very if you watch quarterback, like I've been plugging every single episode, he's you fall in love with him. You know he's what? I, I don't, I'm not in love with him, but the thing is, he's consistent. He he really will give me about 15 points every week, and that's fine. All right. Any last thoughts on any of those teams, the rankings? Or should we move on to Wheel of Teams? <laughs> Let's do it. All right. I just spun the wheel, and I'm going to throw it to you, actually, coaches. Here's how it works. Uh, we're going to do three minutes per team. So it's going to be quick hitters. Um, it doesn't have to make total sense. It doesn't have to be complete sentences. Um, just talk over each other if you like. Um, it's going to be fast. Um, it's going to be about the Green Bay Packers for three minutes starting now. Coaches, what do you think of this team in general, fantasy-wise or in reality? Oh, that's a fallen-off team. I mean, you look at where they were three, four years ago. I struggle to like anything about this team. I don't think Jordan Love produces... And you got A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones. That's the bright spot there. You got, I guess, Christian Watson, but nothing behind him. And it's just I, I struggle to find a, something I like about this team. I think they're a three, four-win team. I agree. I think you pack up the franchise and you sell it. <laughs> and Green Bay should just do itself a favor now. Wow. I, I mean, can... Green Bay's identity was Aaron Rodgers. That was Straight it. Up. That... That that was their identity. They have nothing. You know, I actually think they do kind of have an identity. I mean, they're kind of a young, fun team in a lot of ways. I mean, think about this core, right? You've got, I, I'm not crazy about Romeo Dobbs, so I'm sorry I had to start with him. But, you know, he's there. He's young. He might have potential. But Christian Watson, I mean, that dude is exciting. He's just a big, tall, long athlete out of Oregon State, right? Um, I He is exciting, They've got another rookie tight end who they might be playing, Tyler Croft. But the other guy who's kind of, you know, the other freak in this offense really um, is uh, Luke Musgrave. Yeah, that that tight end is. He's just unbelievable. Christian Watson, 
you know, popped off with Aaron Rodgers. If Jordan Love is even competent, it'll be fine. Um, I think that was an awesome pickup for Jart late in the draft with not a lot of money. Um, Packers are, they, they have potential. Yeah, I think they're feisty. I don't think you're giving them enough credit, Mason and coaches, uh, because Love looked pretty good in the preseason. I don't think he's that far removed from Aaron Rodgers last season. Aaron Rodgers was kind of bad last season, and he clearly had mentally checked out of the team. So as far as like, oh, without Rodgers, there is no franchise. I don't know about that. I think life goes on. Remember, like Favre came before him. And so the Packers just have a way of like finding good quarterbacks and never being bad at the quarterback position. And they have the pieces in place. Jones was part of a trade recently, and I think Jones is still an elite running back talent. A.J. Dillon's there. Christian Watson. We might get some exciting uh, splash plays from Jaden Reed, I believe, um, the rookie. True. So I like what they're doing. And it's a soft division. So I'm, I like the Packers a lot. And I think it's going to be better than people think. I mean, that, I mean, if that's all we have to say about the Packers, we can move on. Let's move on to the 49ers because this is a kind of a juicy team. Ooh, I think. that's exciting. Uh, I'm going to throw coaches. it to Yeah. Coaches, this is your team, right? So you can go ahead and give us your two cents on the on the 49ers. Are they going to go to the Super Bowl this season? I mean, Brock Purdy hasn't lost in the regular season. That's a that's a plus for for them. Um if he for the 49ers their identity is staying healthy. Yeah, they have all the tools to win a Super Bowl. But as you'll see in the NFC Championship, you lose one of those tools, it's hell. So it's just one of those things where yeah, if Kittle, Debo, Christian McCaffrey stay healthy, no team will stop them. They'll win 13, 14 games. But if they're real with injuries, they might be an early playoffs exit. But I think definitely the ceiling is the Super Bowl and the floor is at minimum playoffs. Uh, notable omission there, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, how do you feel about that guy? I mean, there's a lot of hype around him that he might just be like one of the top producers in the offense. Yeah, I mean, he has the biggest ability to thrive because like I said, with those other three guys, the focus is going to be on them if Ayuk can just run routes like he can against single coverage. Hope average a touchdown every game or two. Hmm. I don't know. I think Ayuk's kind of the forgotten man in this offense. They really funnel their targets to very specific people at the in this offense, which is something I like about the Niners and investing in them. CMC is a lock for RB1 production. Kittle is going to be good, even though he's going to have his down weeks. He's overall like the, the upside is huge. Uh, and if they target him, they're going to really force feed him. Debo is a safer pick than Ayuk for me. I just don't think there's enough to go around most weeks. And I think the Niners are in a soft division, relatively speaking, with the Cardinals and the Seahawks and the Rams. So I think they could very well make it to another conference championship, if not a Super Bowl. Um, and Brock Purdy is the truth. Like, what a steal. Like the Trey Lance debacle, we haven't touched on this, coaches, but Brock Purdy makes up for that. I mean, this team yeah. could have been in real deep uh, SHIT. Uh, and I didn't even I didn't even get to mention the defense. I mean, they have one of the best defenses in the NFL. But again, Nick Bosa has to stay healthy. You know, the uh, Amador Lenar is one of the slept on corner. Um, Traverius Ward slept on. I mean, I think they got one of the best linebackers in Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, um, Javon Kinlaw, Javon Hargrave. They got. They got studs on the defensive side as well. Yeah, for sure. Mason, any thoughts on these Niners? Uh, I think they're, let me put it to you this way. If I was a head coach in the National Football League that was not the head coach of the Niners, I'd be scared of them. Um, I just feel like, you know, you guys keep bringing up injuries, and I totally agree, but across the board, it's it's a struggle with every NFL team, obviously. Um, but I feel like, if they can just get to the playoffs and all of their injuries are resolved by the time they get to the playoffs, then I don't see why they can just take the whole thing with how their production um, last year was. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't see many teams better than them. Yeah, I totally agree. As a Seahawks fan, I'm worried about them. They're just the bugaboo every single season. Uh, let's move on to the Buffalo Bills. And I want to get, um, I don't know, Quinn. Quinn, do you have any thoughts on the Buffalo Bills Super yeah. Bowl? Yeah, I do. I think uh, I think people are, are people, no one's really sleeping on them because everybody knows what the kind of potential this team has. But I do think that this team 
is probably not being talked about as like a true favorite because I think that with Josh Allen healthy, with Gabe Davis healthy, um, Stefan Diggs doing his stuff. I think if James Cook, you know, if he takes a leap, um, it really kind of, you know, shows that he can handle a full workload as a running back. I mean, I don't think there's any reason that this team can't really like ascend, especially if Dalton Kincaid is exactly what everybody says that he's going to be, which is, you know, potentially the next Kelsey. Okay, let's chill. All right. That's what I'm I'm telling you. I'm just telling you who he's compared to as a prospect, even if it's probably outlandish because nobody's Kelsey. I'm going to say that. Mm -hmm. When was the last time a rookie run uh, tight end actually made a fantasy impact? Uh, Kyle Pitts had a thousand yards receiving, and I think that Dalton Kincaid is good. I think he's going to be just fine. So he's your new Kyle Pitts. I think I just I think like the it. issue is the issue is with Don He's just not the starter. I think that's a, oh, that's a big he's the starting slot receiver. He and Knox will play on the on the same downs. This is Gabe Davis yeah. part two, Kyle Pitts part two, Kadarius Tony part two. Quinn, you kind of have an affinity for these players that just and you you have these lofty expectations. I want to believe too, but I think I'm telling you that for him, as a rookie. As a rookie, don't forget Tyrod Taylor. You... <laughs> oh no, it, Tyrod! It, it is true. It was. Th- this is propaganda. Was this is Nickerson House propaganda, dude. You got to understand Jamie it, Mason. Died, but it is true. Have you, you know, you know about Jim, right, Jamie? Uh, Jim, the mysterious other manager that was allegedly helping Christian, or no, that was helping Mason. Oh God, yeah, it's Jim. Jim the call. Jim the call. My golfer? dad. The rise of Jim. Yeah, that was a big controversy in about week four of last season. I'm remembering now. What was up with that, Mason? You want to address that? I actually don't know what is even being talked about here. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll see if there's any Jim sightings this season. But these Bills, they're desperate for a Super Bowl. So they're going to play hard. Diggs is elite. He was traded recently, I think. Um and Cook, I don't quite believe in as much. They have like another back. I think Damien Harris or somebody that's going to take touches ah, away. Ah. Gabe Davis, not interesting to me. Kincaid, you're overhyping him, Quinn. The defense I, is like, Okay, eh. I actually think you're underhyping Gabe Davis, though. I 100% think he's underestimating Mr. Gabe Davis. I, I think that you're sleeping on a lot of this offense because I think that this offense has so much potential with a healthy Josh Allen. It's kind of like how you know, the Chargers offense kind of fell off with an unhealthy Herbert, right? Because he was kind of dealing with that nagging injury. I think that we're going to see these offenses, like with these quarterbacks who just weren't right last year, ascend. And I think it's it's exciting to think about because right now it kind of feels like the only people considered in the top tier are, you know, Hurts, Burrow, and Mahomes. But I, I don't think that's entirely true. All right. Miami Dolphins, coaches, quick thoughts. Uh, playmakers. But, I mean, they are going to put up points. I think that's there's no doubt in that. Just, it's all going to be up to about whether they can, you know, not give up enough points. Um, I think they have two of the you know the best wide receiver duo um, in the NFL if Waddle and Hill can stay healthy. Um, but it's all going to be about whether they can whether they can stop the other team scoring as much as they will because they'll put up a solid 31, 38 points every game. Yeah, their defense has taken a lot of hits recently, uh, injury-wise, and they're in a really tough division, so it's going to be a real dogfight for them. But they have the track stars to really make some noise in the playoffs this year, and they're not going to be starting Skylar Thompson, hopefully. So if Tua stays healthy, uh, he has got an electric connection with these two elite wide receivers. And the running back situation is a bit of a mess, so don't invest in that. Um, It's just Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Tua, for me, that's interesting fantasy-wise. In real life, I want them to succeed because I like Mike McDaniel. Listen to that guy talk. It's hilarious. Mike McDaniel's a character. I love him. Yeah, Niners guy, right? How do you oh, like go yeah. of him? He, yeah. He's so I mean, funny. He got promoted. I mean, he, he can't keep a guy offensive coordinator when he gets a head coaching job. He's just like just a like dude. With, with Robert Sala, you know, great coach. Came from the 49ers when got a head coaching job. You know, 49ers just produced produce some talent there D'Amico Ryans too yeah I mean I forgot he was only he was only defense coordinator for one year when he got a head coaching job yeah yeah and I think this whole business with Tua is like oh he's fat oh he's um you know he's uh he doesn't know how to fall oh he's an injury prone like let's stop with all this like it's kind of ridiculous like why do we spin these narratives because we're bored in summer like why don't we just believe in the young man 
and uh, he's very successful when he's on the field. And injuries are kind of his in injuries have been really like freakish and like flukes. So I think he's going to be fine. Let's project a healthy season for him just because that's, you know, an, an optimistic way to look at things. Yeah. So that those are the Dolphins. Um, let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys. Mason, they are yes. they just traded for Trey Lance coaches his boy. Um, why do you think they do that when they have Dak Prescott in the building? Why do I think they do that? Because Dak Prescott is just, I feel like, I feel like they're needing somebody to blame for all the hype. Cause it seems like every year the Cowboys are always hyped up and gassed up the first, Oh, I don't know. You know, first half of the NFL season and then they may or may not sneak into the playoffs. And then it's like, they get bounced every single year. And I, I just feel like they like to find somebody to blame and Dak is going to be their guy this year. And so you never know. Trey Lance might get um, some playing time, but I just feel like Dallas. I don't know. I'm not a fan of the entire team, honestly, especially with somebody who has owned Dak for like the last five years. Um, yeah, I'd like your guys' take. Yeah, I think they're just kind of people are tired of the Cowboys now. They haven't really they've been making like a lot of lateral moves this season, it feels like, or this offseason, I mean. Brandon Cooks, it's like, okay, you got rid of Amari Cooper a couple years ago, bring in Brandon Cooks now. You got rid of Zeke, you bring in Pollard, but is Pollard able to handle an every down roll? I don't know. The defense is elite, but the offense sputters in big spots. Dak is kind of a question mark now. You bring in Trey Lance, like why would you do that when Dak might be struggling with his confidence after an interception? late in season there's a lot of questions and it just feels inevitable they're just going to not ever get over the hump in my opinion I think especially with the eagles the dallas cowboys are the definition of a mid team in the nfl and will be for the time coming fantasy wise there's lots of goodness though cd lamb pollard is going to be elite prescott's oh, probably sure. safe but the defense is good but otherwise and cooks might be a value like flex option or wide receiver three but i don't know just not nothing exciting to me except for Pollard. Yeah, I I don't I'm I'm good on the Cowboys. I I just like it's just a lot of noise with those players. I mean, CD Lamb going for 85 in our draft, that's just not realistic for something that I'm going to compete for as far as bidding up to that high for one player. They just go the perception is always higher than what their actual value is. Yeah, that was a I huge agree. overpay in my opinion. There were a lot of overpays and that was one of the more egregious ones wide receiver position can be easily um, replicated on the waiver wire and in other ways so cd lamb is not going to be that that elite in my opinion um Cooks i mean i think getting the opportunity to have him for the rest of his career i mean you have to remember that that's on the table here so like and like he always it, has that upside one other thing i'd like to bring up about this trey lance situation is last year I think it was last year. Was it not Dak Prescott who went down and then I don't know the name of the guy stepped in and the Cowboys went on a winning streak. You mean Cooper rush? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Good. That's so, true. Still on the roster. Let's not forget. He is still on that roster and he's still on that roster. Yeah. So if Cooper rush can do it, then how good is, Dak, really, you know, that's the question. And bringing in Trey Lance, like, what are you doing? This guy already has confidence issues, I think, because Cooper Rush outperformed him last season. So, right. Let's go into the Colts, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll end for today. So, I want to hear coaches' take on the Colts. Are you excited about Richardson, kind of buying the hype, or do you think he's going to have growing pains? I think growing pains. I think I saw his rap video. Um, we'll wait till he gets arrested here at some point this year. Um. I think by week four, I think Gardner Minshew comes in and kind of, kind of saves the day. Um, but there are there are interesting. I use the word interesting; it's not always a good term, but interesting pieces on this team. You know, you got Michael Pittman, you got Isaiah McKenzie, Alec Pierce, maybe Jonathan Taylor, but if not, you got Zach Moss and whoever they decide to sign. Um, I think they're also just kind of a mid team. 
But I do think Minshew ends up taking that starting spot sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I want to center on Jonathan Taylor. Guys, this is really strange. He's The owner basically made it so that, like, basically called him out and and made it so unpleasant for him to be a Colt. He, I don't think he's going to play another down for them because um, the owner is a real jerk, in my opinion, um, it sounds like. Um, so I think that Taylor is going to get traded or he's going to sit out even. Like, I, I really don't see what his future is going to be. So if you guys have any I, thoughts he, on that. He's 24. He's like, he's going to play. He needs money. I, he just, I, I don't see it happening right now. I, I think that whether he gets traded and it sounds like there's two people who are legitimately interested or he just has to be stuck there for a little while. I think that's kind of inevitable. I mean, I guess best case scenario then would be he plays a couple games, reminds everyone who he is, and then gets traded midway through the season. But he seems like he really doesn't want to play for them anymore. I don't know. Like, it's kind of scaring me a little it's bit. It's one of those situation. things, though. At some point, you you kind of got to be like, okay, well, what's my other option? Not work, not have money. Um, He can't afford it. He doesn't have that much. He's only been in the league for a little bit, and he's been on a rookie salary. It's not the same thing. Yeah, okay. So you think he's going to play for the Colts. I'm not so sure. Um, I guess Evans banking on him playing. And if Evans gets Jonathan Taylor on his starting lineup uh, week one, that's a huge up for him. I don't know if it's going to be week one, but I do think that the thing is, is like, I think he's going to play. I just, I'm worried that he's not healthy. It I just doesn't seem right. I, I'm, I don't like the vibes around the situation outside of the holdout part. It's the other part that scares me. And I'm worried that he's just going to kind of be the same guy he was last year. Honestly, I don't think he's recovered. Yeah. And then there's that. Like, has he been practicing? Probably not. He's been away from the team. So there's a lot of questions, but it's a big upside move for Evan, a big swing. Um, Any thoughts on that, Mason? So this is all reason to why I picked up Zach Moss off the waiver wire a couple weeks ago. Yeah, good pickup. Um, I just feel like I'm, I'm not familiar with what the owner of the Colts commented about him, but I just know through looking at prior holdouts, such as Le'Veon Bell, for example, it just never ends well, it seems like. Um, so as a Zach Moss, you know, owner, I am totally okay with Jonathan Taylor sitting out, but I feel like he's not going to just being able to look at past players and how holding out affected their career long-term. Um, yeah. But that's just, you know, my two cents. Totally. And I think Richardson is the truth. I think as the season goes on, he's going to become more and more of a QB one. Sure. But gentlemen, thank you very much. You Quinn has told me that you're very knowledgeable in terms of football. So it, it was really a treat picking your brains about these teams and uh, hearing your opinions of my power rankings. So best of luck to you this season. And uh, hope to have you back soon. It was a real pleasure to meet you. Put a face to the name. So until next time, this has been the Doghouse Rules podcast for myself, Quinn Anderson, Mason Nickerson, Zach Coaches. See you next time.